0: What's up? This is Mindful Mostly. It's a show for those of us who are mindful most of the time. We're into wellness, we're into living our best lives, but not so much that it makes you a no fun weirdo. Because that can happen, you know, when you get too far into the Palo Santo and the chia seeds, <laughs> you just no one wants to hang out with you anymore. That being said, we do like that stuff. Just we're real about it in this community. I'm Andrea Collins. Today on the show, somebody who shares a similar vibe. Lauren Toyota is here from YouTube to Twitter to Instagram. She's got hundreds of thousands of followers, fans, and subscribers, and she has really mastered the art of selling a brand without selling out. She is um, currently the creators of The creator of two YouTube channels, Lauren in Real Life and Hot for Food. She is a vegan chef. She has uh, her cookbook. Um, She has so much going on, and I'm so glad she's on the show today. Not just because she's somebody I think we can all learn from, but because she's just really cool. She's just super down-earth, which um, I'm sure you've possibly heard Lauren before, but if you haven't, this is the kind of thing that when after you hear her, In this conversation today, you're just going to like her so much. We're going to talk about cooking and creating content. Yeah, she's going to help us create better online content and get us going in the kitchen, too. Plus, we are going to talk about how you can cook better, how you can create better, how you can see your most authentic self, and how to mindfully make your career dreams come true online. Plus, vegan goodness because that's what she's all about but first how the heck are you guys honestly I feel like summer is coming um I've I've been getting some some of you guys reaching out to me telling me what sort of episodes you want to hear over the next couple of months honestly if there's anything you want to hear reach out to me you can email me andrea at mindfulmostly.com send me a DM because on insta we're at mindful mostly or there's myself at Andrea Collins FM so all the ways um, Jess was telling me she wanted to hear some episodes about relationships and in particular relationship self-care because we've all probably been there. If you haven't, um, you haven't probably dated in this day and age. But uh, there's a lot of serial dating. There's a lot of ghosting going on. There's a lot of like, I don't know, losing sight of your actual worth. So that's something that we're going to tackle on this show. Plus, um, Kate, she told me she wants to hear more about manifesting. Me too, Kate. I always love that subject. So I can indeed promise you that over the next few episodes. In fact, the next two episodes are going to be all about manifesting in a very special ritual. I got to tell you, I've been working on something that I'm really excited about. It is an opportunity, and I'm not just saying that, to take your power back and and get the life you want, right? Time to recharge your power, which so many of us can lose and start to actively manifest exactly what you want in your life through this very, very effective ritual. Now, there's a secret technique involved, which quite frankly makes it so much more powerful and I've been working on the Mindful Mostly New Moon Kit, which I'm really excited about. This has actually been a ritual that I've just been sharing with my circle here in Toronto and some friends over the past couple of years, and we all agree that just what we've seen come from this is truly incredible. Um it's a certain ritual for a new moon that just gets you straight to the super tools. It's it's a full program so it supports you fully. It's not confusing, it's straightforward. It it gets you on this insane frequency to attract and a lot of people are saying this sort of stuff these days, but I really do believe that what I'm creating right now is different and it's effective. Why because I've seen it work in my life over the past couple of years. So the Mindful Mostly New Moon Kit, it drops. It's online. It's going to drop next week. And we're going to be talking all about new moon rituals and manifesting over the next couple of shows. Because there's actually some super powerful new moons coming up. So i um, pretty excited about this to share it all with you. Okay, let's get to Lauren. Lauren Toyota's on the line. I'm so happy we've connected. <laughs> okay. But um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about is that I feel like I've actually gotten worse at cooking. Do you ever? Do you ever have that where, like, you make a recipe and you put all of these delicious things in it, and then you taste it at the end and you're like, I don't get it. This isn't good. <laughs>
1: Uh well, if I'm being honest, that doesn't happen to me. <laughs> um, I don't I tend to, even if I don't know what I'm doing, it still tastes good. I tend to have that ability now. Um, and I think that just maybe comes with like the hours I've put into the skill and the craft. Why are you getting worse though? Are you just not cooking? No, I mean, I've
0: always loved to cook, but I just feel like everything I'm making lately is falling a little flat. You hmm. know, like maybe I need more, you know that um, that cookbook salt, fat, heat, or whatever it's called? Yes, yeah. I know that she's like, she's always like putting a little bit of this on at the end, and a little spritz of this, and a little squirt of that. Maybe I just need to start like zhuzhing a little, like it helps when there's that balance of, acidity right and like a salt and some creaminess
1: oh my god always like that's my that is my guideline so and that's the thing i think and i don't know what you're cooking or if you're following other recipes but my first thought when you said that was like if you're trying to like eat super clean or something and i mean that stuff can fall a little flat because it's bland and it has less ingredients in it. I still think you can judge it up with acidity, like things that basically have no calories and are still clean, like, you know, fermented vinegars and lemon juice and stuff like that. And spices are all good. I know when people start going like with oil free, whatever they'll insist. Oh, it's the same. You don't need oil, but I don't buy that. And you yeah. um, I mean you need fat. So I don't care where the fat comes from, but you need fat. So, mm. um, yeah, maybe that's why. But, yeah, you, that's definitely my guideline is the whole, like, umami, salt, sweet, acidity balance and fat. And one thing,
0: I was reading your recipe for vegan dips, and there's two things. There's one thing that I love. You called for garlic powder. And I feel like I was like, ah, like my shoulders went down a little bit. I was like <laughs> – like I always usually, usually have fresh garlic. I mean, or like semi fresh. But uh, I was kind of like, nice, nice, Lauren. Garlic powder, love it.
1: Do you use that? No, I haven't used garlic powder in a really long time. Yeah, there's like a thing with when you're when you're kind of developing flavor or adding layers of flavor. You know, sometimes there's a use for using fresh and powdered, so that there's this concentration of flavor because the powdered is more concentrated. Um, but that is why I use it a lot is because sometimes it just kind of cuts through better and sometimes fresh garlic makes your mouth, like it gives you a really bad aftertaste if it's not cooked. Um... So in those raw, more raw like dips in some of them, I can't remember which ones you're looking at, but some of them I've cooked fresh garlic and then blended it with powder also. And then sometimes I just use powder because it's faster. And when you're blending sauces, it just sort of like goes in there smoothly. Right. Smart. So smart. What yeah. is this? So thing? I recommend using garlic and onion powder a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: it's like it's like ginger powder, too. Have you ever had I was blown away of how much more potent ginger powder is than the actual ginger.
1: Yeah. And they have different flavors, right? Like I tend to use powdered ginger in mostly baking or sauces. Like fresh ginger is always nice when you're cooking it. Um, or even like blending it raw, like for certain sauces, I do that. Yeah. But yeah, all the powders will be like much, much more concentrated in some cases. I mean, sometimes spicy powders are less spicy than like the fresh chili. Right. Right. So it depends. There's like, there's diff- there's a, purpose for all of these things and I think it just it takes a lot of practice and experimenting to figure it out.
0: As somebody who I'm sure is no stranger to the Vitamix, yeah. what do you do when you're making a dip and you lose half of it in there? At the bottom, oh. you know?
1: So my secret is using the smaller canister. Um, If people watch my videos, they'll see I'm always using the small version, not the one that actually comes with the appliance. Um, You can actually purchase a separate smaller container that works really well for sauces and dips. Because I find what happens sometimes if there's not a full amount in there, it's not even blending at all. It's just kind of whirling it to the side of the blender. That's like a really weird insidey tip. And then are you also talking about like when you can't scoop it out? Yeah, yeah. Well. This is a new feature but and I don't know what model it is but one of the newer models I got has like a s- patented spatula that like fits in between the blades and scoops it out and it's
0: amazing. Okay, I got to get that cuz I'm living <laughs> I'm living in like 2015 Vitamix world. <laughs>
1: Yeah, or even like you're in 2010 Vitamix world. Like my first Vitamix ever definitely didn't have that, but this brand new one, it's like this crazy thin spatula that looks—it doesn't even look like spatula. Okay, well now that
0: we all know what we want for Christmas,
1: right? <laughs> um,
0: okay, so what has your there's there's so many things. There's food. There's entrepreneurship. There's content. You're really doing all of it. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> when you when you started your career, or at least when when I first came to know you, you were at Much Music, uh here in Canada. And then uh I don't know what happened. You're you're done at Much Music. And did you start start Hot for Food right after that? Or was there a period in between where you were like, what am I what am I like, what am I going for next?
1: Yeah, no, there was definitely an in between period and I had started it much earlier than that because um I lost my job twice with Much Music under different ownership. So when I was working in Vancouver at West, I lost my job in 2008 because it became, um, I don't know, it was like the cutbacks that CTV Global Media made before it was Bell Media. And anyway, they got rid of all the production on the coasts. They had East Coast and West Coast hosts and producers and I was the one on the West. So <clears throat> at that time period, I actually moved back home to Toronto, lived with my parents, was unemployed and like pretty depressed and lost. And that's when I started going vegan. And that's when I started Hot for Food as a blog. That's when the concept of Hot for Food came to be like the end of 2009. And uh, so that's when it started. And then I ended up getting hired at the Toronto building at 299 Queen Street West in um, the fall of 2010. And then Hot for Food kind of just took a back seat once I was doing like what I really always wanted to do at that Um, station in Toronto Mm -hmm. so I did that for four years and then I lost my job again Mm -hmm. in 2014 with the Bell Media Cutbacks so I had already started the blog it was it was kind of already had some momentum that I kept separate from my television identity and I had kind of built a whole other thing on Instagram at that point and and online so I just kind of knew in that transition period I right away was like I'm doing hot for food full-time I don't know what that looks like and how I'm gonna make money But let's go
0: so yeah so it's so for for people listening um lauren and i both work i worked in that same building and and are in this industry which is traditional media and Mm -hmm. traditional media is changing like obviously um but in a way that it's like it's not a matter of if you're gonna lose your job it's a matter of when you're gonna lose your job you know what i mean totally yeah so a lot of us uh uh, you know, like you try to have something on the side, but then you have your full time job. And you know, it's like, you you probably had hot for food before, like you were saying. And, and so the second, it's nice that the second you lost your job, you knew that you wanted to pour yourself back into that. And then it turned out so well.
1: Yeah, and I had been there was probably a year prior to actually losing my job in the Cupex that I could sense that this was an impending thing. Like, as you're saying, it's not a matter of if but when everyone kind of knew and I kind of had mentally prepared in a way but I could also feel like a bigger power like pushing me that way like knowing I had to do hot for food full-time being afraid for sure and not knowing how because I had never been an entrepreneur and never really thought it was something I could do um I had kind of like lofty dreams or ideas about it but it actually truthfully didn't really seem realistic at the time I didn't think and so it was really the push I needed for it to work out because I needed to dedicate that amount of time to it for it to be viable.
0: Yeah, and so do you feel like having the time to dedicate yourself to it is what's made it such a, you know, part of the reason that it's become such a big success?
1: I would say definitely yes. I think hitting the ground running from the day I was like go to being like very clearly knowing, okay, I'm pouring my time into hot for food. And that first, even like first just four months of like, kind of hitting the pavement and getting my name out there and trying to rebrand myself. I think it's because I could dedicate, I was in a fortunate enough place I could dedicate myself full time to it, that that is part of the reason why it's taken off. And I think it has grown as quickly as it has because these things can take a long time and they can be years in the making. And look, this was years in the making. Like there was a lot of behind the scenes happening and there was a lot of envisioning happening prior to really working on it full time. But I do think that just hours alone are a necessary thing. Because everyone's got side hustles and side hustles. But I think sometimes it's hard if you can't dedicate, you know, your time to it. Like, that that's a huge factor. I feel like a lot of my a lot of the people that I know who
0: have been laid off, as long as they were, they were like, you know, people that no matter what happened, they were they were going to figure it out. They've mm-hmm. all figured it out. And they figured it out even better than they had before, you know, so it's like, It's so scary thinking about losing a job. And in certain situations, for certain people, like, you know, luckily, a lot of us have a safety net or, you know, we know we'd be okay. We have somewhere to go. But for for some people, they don't. But in a lot of cases, losing your job can be the best thing that ever happened to you.
1: Yeah, I do believe that. I think... To lose a job always is for the better. And I just feel like an entirely different person since that's happened and I've learned so much. I'm like doing something I never imagined I was capable of because I was always kind of like made to feel like I wasn't. I think by society and by my upbringing and also by the business, They, the business really like tears you apart and makes you feel like you can't do something like this, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that you're kind of nobody without this monster behind you this big corporation or this big platform but obviously the timing is everything and the industry is drastically changing and shifting and it's in favor of people like us and what we're doing and it's in favor of this younger generation I'm not even part of that younger generation but the younger generation that really can like has the accessibility and the resources to make anything they want happen like truly I didn't grow up with the internet and all this stuff you know I'm learning I had to learn it all I had to learn social media like I didn't just grow up with it Right. And I think that it's also really interesting because you
0: think about um, like what people would go to communicate, get their degree in communications for. And like there is a, obviously a lot of like learning, writing skills and like yeah. certain things that are, are are definitely very important. I'm so glad I did them. But um, now in the world of podcasting and the world with sort of bric-a-brac um, putting together videos online, it's kind of like you have to – Unteach yourself what you learn, because those rules don't apply anymore, which is so refreshing because it means that that anybody can can start something. But at the same time, I think that, and maybe, and I, I want to know if you agree with me, the biggest thing of is consistency and quality content to grow a following
1: totally. But I do agree with you, consistency and quality. But that still doesn't really guarantee anything. (laughs) Yeah, I know Uh, it really doesn't. There's also this, and I don't necessarily believe in luck because I believe in intention and and like really deliberately creating your life. But but you have to still know that even if you constantly put it out, consistently put it out, because the consistency was really was a key factor for my growth. You know, now four years later, since starting my YouTube channel, the algorithm is different. Like the it doesn't matter. It's almost like now that now there's a different set of criteria, you have to be so adaptable. And so that is kind of where the rules go out the window. And you do have to unteach yourself almost every day, like, you know, like, you have to be so fluid and adaptable and open. So Qual- those were two of them. Quality was so important to me when I first started. Quality was all I cared about, and then someone, everyone else, kept saying consistency, consistency, and I was like, really, really? I didn't believe it. I like, I was like, no, no, no. And then it wasn't until I became more consistent that that's when, you know, it leveled up. So I do agree with you, but I, I still want to say the disclaimer is still not guaranteed to be a success. Yeah. Or maybe what you think a success is or to grow as fast as you would like. Yeah, because now that
0: I hear you say that, quality isn't as important now. Like in a way that I think that it needs to be because I come from, like you, like a professional production world, you know? So it's like, it. I guess
1: it isn't. It isn't that important. Yeah, you're, you're, you have the same brain and thinking that I do because because I came from that production world, those still were my set of rules to be like, well, it's got to be this certain way of quality. And I've kind of let some of that go in a way because like I vlog and I put up certain pieces of content that aren't as high quality. But again, we've got so many options for where all this stuff can live. So it's just about like, it's just about playing around and figuring out a, what you even like, I think at the end of the day, it has to come from you and you have to like it and not just play into some other arbitrary like external game. Like it's still going to be internal and you got to you got to love what you're doing and it's got to come from your heart and your gut, regardless of any so-called algorithms or rules. I think that really might be the key thing for for any amount of success, because if you're just trying to play strategy, a strategy game like you'll run yourself ragged and like burn out. You can't, you know what I mean, because that's all external factors that you can't control.
0: Yeah, and I, I wonder that once anybody figures out the model, that the model probably doesn't work anymore. Like once yeah. you, fi- once you figure out the algorithm, the algorithm doesn't service you anymore.
1: Yeah. I would say that's probably true. I don't know for a fact and I've never been an algorithm person who I don't even understand. But yeah, I, I, for me, I've always just been like, do I like what I'm making? Does it excite me? Did I like editing that? Like it has to come from inside. And I think that's part of why it's grown and resonated And then, but then sometimes, you know, there are things of lesser quality than mine that perform better and, you know, whatever, like I try not to pay attention to too much going on around me Mm -hmm. because I think that just throws you off all the time. I just really try to stay a bit insulate, insular, whatever, like a little bit hermity with my stuff because, and I found that's just the most, that's the best strategy for me. Yeah. To stay to stay grounded to stay focused to and then to just play my own game, not try to play anyone else's game,
0: yeah, I was watching an interview with the marketing expert Seth Godin, I think is how you say it yeah. and he was saying he never reads the Amazon reviews of his books because he he doesn't want to hear like, tons of people tell him he's a bad writer he just wants to like stay in his little world and keep doing what he's doing and what makes him happy because inevitably it's working you know and it's like the more he pays attention to any of the outside stuff or like what you should be doing how you should write a book now all these lists uh it starts to throw him off so he just sticks to doing what he likes doing and it keeps working
1: yeah exactly that's i mean i kind of try to tell everybody that when they ask like what's the best piece of advice because that's that's what I've tried to do. I think, even in as a television hosting producer, I just tried to be like, no one's watching, you know, say what you want, act how you want, be yourself, and like don't worry about the criticisms. like, and then, of course, that could that changed when social media. you know, I started in TV before social media. So once social media was a thing when I was at much music, of course, I would get comments and critiques and sort of trolley type messages on Twitter and stuff. but I I guess whatever for the years of of experience I have, I've got I've gotten really good at shutting that out because it's true. He's totally correct. I mean, if you whatever you focus on is what you get. So just don't focus on those critics. So I
0: think that, and then what you said too, I think that's great advice. So a lot of people listening are thinking about starting their own podcast. They're starting to do more Instagram videos or you know, they want to focus on their side hustle and promote it that way. And I think that that's so true that the second you start trying to be somebody else or do what you think you should be doing because you've seen other people in, let's just say the wellness space doing it is the second you're not going to stand out. You're going to blend in with the rest. You're not going to get the traction um, that you want. Because you're kind of the same as everybody else.
1: Well, yeah, you're just you're not being authentically you. Like this word authentic gets thrown around a lot, but that's just what it means. It's like if you're just trying to if you're listening to anyone but yourself, Mm -hmm. you're not you're not, you know, that inner voice or that guidance or that intuition, then you're not you're not really tapping into like your authentic service or personality or offering to the world. But do you think that some some people say,
0: well, it's hard for me to be a, a personality on YouTube because I feel like people need to ask their friends what, like, what are the qualities you see in me that you love? It's like sometimes you almost need someone to highlight your good qualities so you can let those project from you.
1: If you don't know what your, per, you, it's not that you don't know what your personality, I don't think that you don't know what your personality is. I think, but you do have to kind of take that, like, naive um beginner's sort of um perspective of like I don't know what I'm doing I don't know how to be on YouTube well nobody did <laughs> like nobody did and nobody does and you kind of just I know it's the scariest part of the whole thing but you kind of just have to start you just got to start and do something mm-hmm. make something record something mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and watch it back and also not be afraid to just put it out there because Who I was when I started in television isn't who I was two years later, isn't how I delivered five years later, isn't who I am now. And when I started on YouTube, I'm not even the same person I was then. So it's like it's constantly changing and evolving and and. And I think with social media, it really gives you the opportunity to observe a lot of that in a really hyper-focused way that we haven't had the chance to do before. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you're getting a lot of feedback all the time and a lot of direct feedback all the time. And although I say, you know, don't pay attention to the negativity, which you shouldn't, but, like, you are getting lots of, like, positive reinforcement all the time. And that can be helpful at the beginning when you're just testing the waters and trying to build an audience and connect with people. Mm -hmm. But but they're really – what's great about YouTube is there's no difference between – or there shouldn't be, and I think the really successful people on YouTube, there's no difference between who they are in real life and who they are on YouTube, and I sometimes think with television, and I distinctly remember this and knowing this about myself, is that there is a difference between who I am on TV, at least how I'm perceived, and who I am in real life, and I think I've now managed to like synergize all of it into one big thing that now is my business.
0: Right, which is great. It's, like, liberating. Now, there's a there's Absolutely, a couple of yeah. things that I want to ask you about um, how you produce your content. Um, what sort of service do you use to get the music for your videos?
1: Oh, so I'm signed with an MCN or a multi-channel network called Kin Community. So they're basically, like, a record label for YouTube creators. Um, a lot of creators, not all creators, but most YouTube creators are signed to a network like this. So I'm signed with Kin Community and as part of my, like, uh, relationship with them i get access to a rights-free uh, music library oh that's great so yeah, can so anybody do that or is,
0: this, is it like an agency like you get adopted into that
1: kind of yes but uh like i use audionetwork.com so i think anyone could get a membership to that but they'd have to pay right. um but if you need free music like youtube gives a lot of free music um i don't know that the domain name, but if you just go YouTube free music, there's a whole page within the YouTube platform that has a bunch of music you can browse. And that's what I used at the beginning. Awesome. Um, what camera do you use for your videos? Uh, I use Canon exclusively for, uh, photography and video, not because I'm sponsored, but because I just like Canon and I learned on a Canon and I like the color profile. Um, and so I was using a 70 D, And now I use a combination of a 70D and a C100 because I have two cameras because I have a videographer that I use. So he brings his C100. And I shoot my photos on a 5D Mark IV. What's your microphone situation? Do you have a lav mic? Yeah, we lav me up. Okay, And that runs into the C100. And then what program do you use to edit? Uh, Premiere. Okay. Yeah. Um,
0: now that all those content questions are out of yeah, the way, yeah, and
1: I have a blog on my Canon G7x.
0: Okay, so you've got like all the equipment in your condo. Yes,
1: I am a little one-person production company
0: here. <laughs> what? See, so it is possible. Some people say I can't do it all myself, and I know you you do hire a team for certain things, right? Or how does it all work?
1: Well, I was doing it all myself. Granted, I used to work with my ex-partner, so he shot the videos for YouTube. But other than that, I do everything myself. I recipe, develop, and test myself. I do the photos myself. I edit myself. I do all the social myself. I do all the blog myself. I do all the merchandise shipping myself. Like, it's a bit out of hand. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And in the last couple years, I have tried to outsource. So I've gotten this videographer now that I'm not with John anymore. And so I do pay for him. Um, I still edit. I still do all the photography I still do a lot of it myself. Um, But I have built a team gradually over the last few years that helps me run the business in terms of making money and doing sponsorship and in brand integration stuff. So Kin Community helps with that. And I have a publicist who helps manage just like, especially with the book coming out, just like all of the press and the um, interview scheduling. And we've done a lot of media um, with Hot for Food, I would say over the years, but especially more concentrated for the book launch this year. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, she's Tiffany's been really helpful uh, and is part of the team and she's been on board from the beginning, actually. So I do have that. I'm not saying that's necessary for everyone, but I think for me it was sort of an integral part because of just my media background. And I, I was pretty adamant about like rebranding myself as a public person. So a publicist was kind of crucial for
0: that. That's so that's so smart. I, I always wonder like, hey, who do you hire for these certain things? So you're probably gonna get a follow-up email from me picking yeah, the brain. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um why do you think people are so fascinated about what you eat in a day? <laughs> and like why do we all what like we're all so fascinated with what everyone eats,
1: you know? Yeah. I mean in general, the YouTube community's showing that we're fascinated with like anything and anyone's doing. They could be washing dishes. Um I didn't know at first. I thought it was so silly, the what I ate in a day thing. But I was like, I'll try this out. And then I kind of liked making those vlogs. And then I did understand, well, people like it because we're constantly bombarded with so much health and wellness and nutrition information from the media that's always skewed and biased and fluffed up and sponsored and like, you just don't know what to believe. And that confusion happened to me when I started transitioning to vegan. I was like, I don't know what to eat. Like, as an omnivore, I don't know what's healthy and this and that. Like, I, I'll try veganism. So I think when you see a real person and what they're doing, and you can see them thriving and like looking good, and like, then it just it connects all the dots. You're like, okay, so I can do that too. Or, oh, I don't need to feel so bad about what I'm doing, because everyone's doing it. Like, it just it just lifts the veil on a lot of stuff and that's what's been so cool about youtube and what i've liked about it because i've come from television where there is that sort of fourth wall or that veil that like keeps everything mysterious you don't really know who these people are um so these tv people are these celebrities i'm not a celebrity but i mean celebrities you don't really know who they truly are unless they're going on their instagram stories or on youtube like in a really more raw format. So that's why people, I guess, like watching what I eat because they're just seeing a regular person eat okay. Like I'm not like a super, I'm not the epitome of health, but my whole thing with health is also different. Like I just, I do think I'm healthy because I just listen to my body. I'm not trying to follow, again, like not following some set of like rule book.
0: What would you say your wellness routine is these days?
1: Well, a main part of, wellness or maintaining mental wellness and and physical wellness is meditation. Like that's been a big part of my life um, since just before um, the year before I was let go from much music and started this business. And I really think it's been a key contributing factor to how I run the business and um, how I'm able to do what I do. So for me, I need to meditate um, almost every morning just to feel good and motivated and clear and more relaxed, like less controlling and less anxious and more just like relaxed into whatever's going to happen. Um, so that's been really important and that's something I'll continue to do and I'm continuing to expand on. Um, truthfully, like physical exercise has been at the lowest it's ever been since being an entrepreneur. <laughs> I used to be really into working out and going yoga a lot and sweating and working out and running and my whole life since I was in high school working out was always a big thing and oh god like since running this business I just I do work a lot I'm not going to lie like I put in a lot of hours and I don't prioritize exercise. So that's more of like a needs to improve section but I still feel good I I, like I'll say I still feel good I think meditation is important for that um and maybe just that I'm I am active like my job keeps me active I'm on my feet I'm cooking you know I'm doing a lot of stuff so I'm kind of like I'm in that you're moving um, I'm moving and I'm in that like active I my brain is active so maybe that's helpful. I don't, you know, and I don't, and I, and I'm saying it's a matter of hours in the day, which is why it's fallen off. Maybe there's another reason. I don't, I don't really know. It's something I'm, I'm exploring and curious about. Cause I would like to every day go to yoga or every day do something that isn't <laughs> working. Like I'd like to be able to have yeah. an hour where I could just go, I just go walk or I just do whatever, but I haven't prioritized it.
0: Well, and I think uh, it's also yeah. important to listen to your body, you know? Um, like if you're, if you're doing okay without it, then, you know, we all go through phases. Well, look, it has been such a pleasure talking to you. There's clearly a million things to talk to you about. <laughs> <laughs> you are a well-rounded woman and you're you're I know the word's thrown around a lot, but you're really an authentic person and you're doing so well and I really think that you're an inspiration for so many people who want to branch out on their own and they want to create um, so thank you so much for
1: coming on the show. Oh, thank you, Andrea. I really appreciate it. and I like the name of your podcast that it's mindful mostly and you're just like leaving it open and we're not, you know holding anybody to like, again, these rules or these things that they should be doing, you know?
0: Lauren Toyota, everybody. If you want to find out more about Lauren, go to um, hotforfoodblog.com. She's also got her book out which is called Vegan Comfort Classics. Going to include the link to all of this stuff in the show notes of this show. So um, always love it when you guys share an episode or just stick on Instagram that you're listening. I always share it to the Mindful Mostly stories. So if you want to do that this week, it's so helpful to expand our community of the Mindful Mostly fam. Also, if you haven't joined the Instagram fam yet, um, do it up at mindful mostly you can also check out mindfulmostly.com. the next two episodes we are talking about manifesting because there's a very new powerful new moon coming up we are going to get into it all right right here on mindful mostly